Welcome to the 10th and final episode of Season 1 of Breadcrumbs. I'm Jason Lowe, Youth Minister at Bread of Life Church. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of the beginning of this project. Our hope is that this podcast will sharpen our understanding of our faith and deepen our resolve to be faithful to Jesus. In this episode, we will consider the topic of social media. Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, Facebook, Visco, LinkedIn, Vimeo, Twitter, Pinterest. Social media has changed our world. And whether we like it or not, it's here to stay. As Christians, the way we use it matters. So it's important that we talk about it. In this episode, I've invited three members of the Bread of Life community to have a conversation. Jeannie Rose, a high school junior, Johnny, a grad student and high school counselor, and Melinda, a mom of two teens. Together, we explore the spiritual impact of social media. Okay, uh, well, thank you, uh, Jeannie and Melinda and John, for joining this episode of Breadcrumbs. Social media is our topic uh, this month, and I'm excited about it. It'll, it's something that we're all exposed to and something that I'm interested in you know, talking about, thinking about. So maybe we could start with just kind of sharing uh, your, your exposure to social media. Okay, so, hi, I'm Jeannie. And then, um, so I'm a high school student, so social media is pretty ingrained in my daily life. Uh, I think I pretty much use it every single day, and I have been using it for most of my life, um, especially because the internet's been around for all my life, um, for as long as I can remember, at least. And so, like, YouTube, and at least YouTube was, like, always, like, a constant thing, and um, I use that pretty often. And uh, just, like, nowadays with, like, all the apps that we have, I definitely use it quite frequently. What are some of the apps that you either currently used or have used in the past? So I think the most popular ones is uh, Snapchat and Instagram. And then um, I use Twitter a little bit, but not as much. I think Twitter was probably um, like a generation before me. And then um, (laughs) I don't use Facebook that often, but um, sometimes I do use it for like informational stuff to like... Um, cause like certain groups like high school fellowship will use, um, Facebook and that's the, my only way of getting information sometimes and like messenger and stuff like that. Um, and then definitely YouTube. I use YouTube a lot. Um, not just for, just for like gathering information. So if I'm researching a topic, I'll use YouTube, but also. Wait, wait use... you research, like when you say research a topic, do you mean for like school yeah, or for just school? And also oh. just like for fun sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, also obviously entertainment. Um, YouTube has a lot of uh, different varieties of um, like videos you can watch and stuff. You can find like anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I looked up last week uh, a video on how to debone a chicken. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was awesome. Yeah. It was very helpful. You can yeah. learn all kinds of things on, on YouTube. I learned how to like edit videos and stuff through YouTube and edit, use Photoshop and everything. See, so now you can put I that down on your resume. It's a very useful tool. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Melinda? Okay, so interesting story. Um, I have become my own parent and um, I'm realizing the big divide between my kids and myself in terms of social media because up until last week, I assumed social media referred to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, 
And so when I was, of course, doing my research, I realized that it actually encompasses things like YouTube, Pinterest, um, GroupMe, you know, all these um, things that actually I do use. And what was the last one you said? Uh, GroupMe? Was that like Group GroupMe. It's like Group. kind of like another form of communication app. It's like WeChat. It's like uh, a chat, yeah, like a chat room. Okay. So when you initially called hmm. me and I told you I'm not on social media, I yeah. complete that was completely wrong, right? <laughs> because I am part of a, a group me group. Mm-hmm. Um, our Chinese school communicates through WeChat. Um, some of the high school activities we communicate through Remind. Um, hmm. I, my family, we watch YouTube together sometimes, small clips. So, of course, I am a consumer of social media. I just didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a lot broader. When I started thinking about this podcast, I, I realized how broad social media can seem. You know, just there's apps upon apps upon apps. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even apps that are not originally designed to be social media have social media aspects to them, right? Ways to, like, for Venmo. <laughs> I, I can see when 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 Johnny pays uh, pays somebody for lunch, and what he had for lunch yesterday because he paid them back on Venmo. He has a cute little like emoji indicating what he ate. Yeah, yeah. What about you, John? Um, I like kind of bounce in and out of like social media depending on like stage of life or like kind of perspective on it. I mean, I'll go from times where like deactivate Facebook, deactivate Instagram, but then like reactivate Instagram, like stay on Messenger and stuff like that. I would like to feel that I'm like a little detached from that world, but still essentially in that ecosystem, just because like there's a lot of things that like you kind of need from it. Like like Jeannie said, a lot of times I'm not in, I'm not on Facebook, so I'm like outside of Facebook groups. So if someone has to message me on the side, like, hey, we're having this event oh I totally forgot to tell you stuff like that but I think it's it's like a very like selective thing too like I feel like I can have some forms of social media that I can use and others that I like don't have to like worry about at all mm. um, you, you yeah. said you had seasons where you kind of jump uh-huh. in or out how, how do you is it on a whim or sit down and look in the mirror every so often and then decide that it's time to hop out yeah hop so in? it's like a little bit of both like sometimes it's like this is stupid, why am I on this? Like, I'm just gonna like deactivate all my accounts and like, this is like dumb. Like, but then other times it is like, oh, I've like spent 20 hours on YouTube in the past week and I have three tests upcoming. So I could probably <laughs> like block it or deactivate it for a little and not worry about it at all. Okay. Um, so sometimes it is on a limb, but other times it is more like calculated. Oh, this is like a big chunk of my life or this is like changing the way that I like interact with people or like this is pointless in my life or something yeah that's interesting i mean it seems like all three of you have uh, a very different relationship with social media i first wanted to kind of explore some of the positive things about social media because i think you know even in some of the things that you guys have already said there are definitely positive aspects to, to social media a lot of times uh, at least in my conversations the parents will complain about their students use of social media and you know feel like they're they're doing it too much or you know point out all of the negative aspects of social media and <clears throat> i know students don't feel similarly you know maybe Jeannie, if you could share maybe some thoughts about 
What is it about social media that you know really draws students in, and why do students enjoy it so much that parents have a hard time seeing, or that that is different from the perspective that parents have? Um, I think one of the biggest reasons people are, or teenagers my age are on social media, or even younger, is because life gets boring sometimes and oh. I know like I think social media can provide like um like an immediate sort of entertainment for them so and it also just like in a way like if they're studying for like an hour they can just like easily hop on social media for like a few minutes or or you know get distracted on it but I think like for social media just like provides like just a little bit of entertainment and like an easy way for their brain to relax in a way and then also it's like a huge form of communication because I don't think people still text message each other but like one of the biggest ways that people like communicate nowadays is through snapchat Mm -hmm. and I remember like how does that work like is it just messaging back and forth are you actually like uh when you have like a Snapchat streak or something, is that the communication that you're talking about? Or are you, is it like a, uh, is Snapchat itself like a messaging forum? So I think Snapchat was originally just designed for people to send pictures back and forth to each other. But then eventually they added in like a texting feature to it. Oh, and then also there's like a story feature to it. So pretty much anyone could, you can like post videos or um, pictures of what you're doing and then you can post that to your story and then other people who have also added you as friends can view your story mm. um, and then so I think it's an informal way of like Instagram in a way because you know you can like post what you're doing and stuff like that and then after 24 hours everything's deleted from your story mm. and so I think it's a lot easier just to like add people really quickly on Snapchat and be able to communicate with them I think for me, at least, Snapchat was a big way of communicating towards other people. We had big group chats with, like, everybody. It's really easy to form group chats. And because text message sometimes, like, um, people have, like, Androids and iPhones, right? And if you have an iPhone and you have, like, an Android user in oh, your group yeah. chat, sometimes it can mess up mess with the group chat. But with Snapchat, like, it doesn't really matter. It's just all the same app, right? Just a lot easier to communicate through that. It's also, like, news, news-wise. I don't know. I don't know if people really, like, go out to seek news, but, like, for at least my age, we don't watch the news, <laughs> right? <laughs> so all the information that we're getting is going to be through social media. So it's the way of, like, staying up-to-date with things and stuff. I think that's that's why we use it. Yeah. I mean, you, you spend a lot of time with students, John. When you see the use of social media amongst the students... You know, how, how do you how do you respond or what value do you see in how they're how they're engaging with each other? I think the hardest thing is that there's just like huge generational gaps, especially just in like the use of social media, but like also like what platforms people are on. I think the biggest realization was when the generation below me was like Facebook is dumb. That was like, wow, what the heck? Like it's this huge divide between like my generation, which like grew up on Facebook. And then, like, the generation below, which is, like, totally, like, I mean, they're on Facebook. It's, like, they're not using it. They're, yeah. like, not present on it. There's, like, kind of, like, um, I think it's weird because it's it's easy to, like, just draw lines in the sand. Like, oh, that's what they're doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what, like, the generation above me is doing. And it's, like, very easy to, like, group them into, like, oh, like, this is what they do. But I think when I personally, like, just, like, see other interactions on social media whether it's, like, my parents or, like, people grades below me, stuff like that. 
to me, there's just kind of a disconnect to the point where like, um, I don't know like what their like social life is. Like, it's kind of hard to like make judgments. Not that I would want to, but I feel like there's like the whole like seeing someone in person and how they interact with social media in person versus like seeing their social media profile and seeing how they display themselves. See someone like scrolling on Instagram, liking all their friends' photos, but it's another thing to like see those photos on your feed and like to be to like kind of have that experience of like okay like this kind of in reality versus like on your feed type type of interaction yeah. so you're talking about the difference between say looking over someone's shoulder as they're consuming social media or are you talking about like what they do when they are producing uh content for social media yeah so i'd say like those are two different sides of the coin but Jonathan mentioned generation gap. Uh, like, how do you think about that generation gap and the way that you perceive social media, the way that you perceive the usage of social media, especially by students? Sure. You know, it's funny, listening to the conversation, I don't think the use of social media is much different. You know, I think... As a parent, I also engage with social media to escape. I also go to social media to learn, right? To learn how to um, fix a car yeah. or, yeah. you know, debone a chicken. Um, <laughs> uh, and the applications we might use are different. Like, for example, last night we were at the mental health seminar mm-hmm. and DJ Chuang was sharing about his struggle with bipolar. Mm-hmm. So, and at his very lowest point, um, he was arrested. Mm-hmm. And at that point, his wife instantly created a Facebook page mm-hmm. as a community of accountability and support. And that was two years ago, and he said he has 400 supporters, 400 people praying for him. Yeah. And I think any time that you can create a community of support, that's a good thing. And so Facebook is a good tool for something like that. Social media is a good place for that. Yeah. And I think, of course, there's a flip side, which we'll get to, but I mean, obviously, I'm not on Snapchat. I don't use that as a vehicle. I mean, there might be people of my generation who do, but typically it's Facebook and um, maybe like the chat, like the group chats. Pinterest. Pinterest. I feel like a lot yeah. of a, a lot of um, uh, parents that I you know they'll 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 talk about things that they find on Pinterest you know right. costumes for their children exactly. uh, uh, different different recipes or uh, decorations for holidays you know those kinds yes. of things. So I think what we're using may differ from um, teens, but how we're using it is not all that different. Mm. So. Mm. Or why we're using why we're using it may not be all that different. Yeah, I was like you know when you talk about some of the maybe instructional videos or um, <clears throat> even Pinterest and what's put up there. Like and John, when you're talking about the pictures that people will take of their food or they're curating something for social media, a lot of times we see that in a negative light, but. Uh, but I think also there's there's an aspect of social media that helps to fuel uh, a sense of creativity uh, and 
uh, to share that creativity with with the world uh, in ways that we couldn't before. I mean, for example, this podcast even, you know, we, we, we use SoundCloud to do it. And SoundCloud is a social media uh, platform. And, you know, mostly it's music. But, you know, their big uh, banner is you create your own music and then you create an audience and you share it with the world. And, uh, you know, we have this podcast. You know, we can create our own content and we can share it with the world. And, <clears throat> you know, I mean, spiritually speaking, there's there's a lot of... Uh, spiritual significance to finding ways to create and ways to innovate that reflects our creator uh, and, and what he did and how he made us. And so I think social media is a really powerful way for our, our current generation to, um, to express that, that you know, should be enjoyed and celebrated about social media. Um, even if even if the pictures are curated and there's you know two sides to a coin, <clears throat> it is nice to see really great pictures. I know there's uh, people that I follow who are you know photographers and they go to places. You know sometimes we we'll, maybe we'll talk about this in a bit. They go to places and you know you kind of get like FOMO or jealousy about where people go. But when they take pictures of landscapes and things like that, you can marvel at the the way that they took the photo and the beauty of the place that that they are fo- photographing yeah there's something that can be spiritually uh, uh fulfilling about that but of course uh and maybe the, the stuff that uh gets argued about more are are the negative aspects to social media um <clears throat> you know melinda you grew up in an era where social media wasn't even a thought you know, there's no technology for it. And so you've seen it all come out in the way that it has impacted culture, the way that it uh, impacts the students, you know. What do you, what, what concerns do you have? Sure, I think, I think to, to go backwards in that conversation, I have to go back to kind of what my role is as a parent, mm. right? And so at the basic, basic level, we're, called to provide for our kids, right? So your physical needs, like food, shelter, clothing, water. Um, and then our role is also to protect our children. And so when you're small, when you're little, it's very, it's very much based on physicality. You know, holding your hand when you cross the street, teaching you about stranger danger, things like that. And I think that when, now that you're teenagers and you have your own minds and, and that and you're developing into these wonderful pe- people, um, it becomes a little more difficult. You know, how do we protect you socially and emotionally? How do we protect your heart? And so I think that's probably the core of our fears is protecting your heart because um, when we talk about social media, a lot of what parents are hearing are all the negatives, right? How when you are using social media and putting yourself out there, it's making you vulnerable. And um, we just hear about the things like the effects it has on your self-esteem and your image and the stress that goes along with that. So then the question becomes um, one of identity, right? Uh, Who are you? Where does your identity lie? Um, what is shaping your identity? Who's shaping your identity? Um, 
and where are you finding self-fulfillment and satisfaction? And so those are all tied into our fear of wanting to protect you and to keep you safe. Um, and so that's kind of the perspective we come from as parents and we look at social media, which we have a slight grasp of, but not completely. And so that, that makes us a little bit afraid because we don't understand it completely and, and you do. And um, so it's about, I think, having a conversation. A lot of it ha is about having a conversation with you. Um, but I think when you're asking about where are we coming from, where are parents coming from when we have these concerns, that's where it's coming from. It's yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still, a, well, my kids are young enough at this point where a lot of the protection, like you were out today, <clears throat> You know, and uh, reminding them, you know, this is a street, this is a parking lot, but Jeannie's too old for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, your kids are too old for that. They don't need that kind of protection anymore. Yeah. Um, so certainly that, that idea of protection is built into the role of a parent. Uh, and I think also, you know, as parents, you, you have decades on your kids, so you have a lot of wisdom and experience in life having gone through things and seeing uh, some of the darker side sides of life and, and just the human heart you know people who are younger just haven't seen yet um, and haven't experienced and so it's hard to communicate your experiences and some of the the wisdom that you've gained over years you know when you distill it to a single moment when when they're spending too much time on social media and you have all of this wisdom that you've acquired over all of your mistakes and uh, failures and you're trying to say like, hey, like, yeah. you know. And I think that's also where parents are coming from as well. I, again, talking about the parental role, part of it is we want to prepare you for life, right? That's part of our role. Uh, so, uh, sometimes I, I wonder if parents believe that their children don't think too much about maybe some of the pitfalls of social media. But I, I know that that's not true. Uh, so when you as like a student think about social media and some of the negative aspects of it, or seem, even some of the things that you uh, observe uh, in terms of your peers and how they use social media, what are some of the negative things that you notice, Jeannie? Um, I think students or just people nowadays my age definitely care a lot about what other people how other people perceive them and then how they present themselves so um for example like oh you have to have like the perfect feed like the instagram each photo has to be carefully edited so that when other people see it you know like um they will have like the um they will get the idea that they're trying to like um, send it to other people and they just want to seem like almost like perfect in a way I guess I don't know or just like they want other people to view them how like they're trying to present themselves as and like I understand the, I don't know like you obviously don't know what everybody else is thinking but mm -hmm. then but then that creates a lot of anxiety in people they're like oh like I you know like what are they thinking like I want them to think this about me and then um, I feel like in a way, then we also care about what other people are doing a little too much. Mm -hmm. So, 
like Snapchat is a big one, like you stories and stuff like that. Like you click on their story, you can tell like when they were doing it, and then sometimes you can even see like where they were doing it, and then you know you're thinking like, and then because people are like posting like only the good sides of, you know, or at least for people you don't know too well, they're only posting like the the good parts of their what they're doing. A lot of times you would press on and you're like, oh, Jane, like dang, they're like, you know in Hawaii and it's a school day why are they in Hawaii like I want to be in Hawaii <laughs> it's like you you know you get like a sense of FOMO and then you're like well uh, okay now I have to do cool things I have to go on vacation trips buy expensive things like go out to cool restaurants just to show other people that like oh yeah I can be cool as well I can you know present myself like this um I think that's definitely one of the dark sides and I think people do recognize that like high school students do recognize like oh dang like I have like I, I have such big FOMO like dang like that's kind of bad but then like at the same time like you know people will delete Snapchat for like a day but then they can't help going back on it um I don't know maybe it's because we're addicted maybe it's because we rely on it too much but I think we do recognize it but I think maybe we just choose to do nothing about it yeah yeah, yeah. I mean John when you when you hear about that aspect of social media as far as wanting affirmation or, you know, likes, uh, that sense of FOMO that people might have, envy, jealousy. Um, if we were to kind of like try to connect that with uh, the human heart and our spirituality, like what would you say about that? Yeah. I think um, the important thing to realize is like that these are like not new things. Like FOMO has been just recently given a name, but it's something that like I'd say like from like a wide degree of people have experienced that in one way or another. It's just that social media tends to amplify things. Mm. So it's like maybe if you found out about like maybe what your close friends are doing, social media makes it so that you, like your acquaintances know, so that that you that dude you met once at like a coffee shop knows, and like you know like more details about his life that like you know is like <clears throat> kind of seemingly unnecessary and like I think this is like kind of like what they call like the age of like information where there's like so much information like if we like had all the time in the world we couldn't go through like every single like news article like web posts stuff like that um in the same way there's like social media that <clears throat> um as the saying is like essentially curated not by people but also by the apps themselves so that they want to show you the good content, they want to show you um, these things that are like very like yeah like good posts, um, things that are like quality content, which is like these are good things, especially as you said like as a creator, as like someone who wants to put out their stuff for the world to see, that's a very good thing. But also it increases and amplifies this like kind of what Tina was saying, like this social anxiety, like this burden that we have to like kind of keep up or to kind of um, participate in this. I think one thing that kind of gets lost in the midst of social media is like empathy um mm. and saying that yeah it, I, I could say it's like it could be fairly easy to get lost or caught up in this but it's also we kind of lose this almost human aspect of it um when our interactions are just reduced to like posts to pictures to quick visual messages that can communicate one thing or another depending on who's receiving it mm -hmm. i think that there's a lot to be said 
as far as like being able to relate as human beings to each other, whether social media helps or inhibits that, it's totally up to the person. There has to be like some kind of balance that not everyone gets at initially. It's not the goal of social media developers to like make everyone happy or to help them find their like um, core group of people or to like increase the joy that they feel. It's so that they spend more time and they do whatever they can to make it so that you spend more time. That's certainly true. I was thinking also uh, something we haven't talked about, but social media has this weird way of encouraging a critical spirit uh, and a sense of judgment. You know, I think it's related to that idea of wanting to be liked and present yourself well because you want everyone's judgments of you to be positive and everyone to say, oh, they're the greatest, they're the best, we love, you know, and, and when people comment, it's like, uh, you know, oh, like your kids are the cutest. And it's like, so if that person's kids are the cutest, are you saying mine are not the cutest, right? And, and I know that's not really what they mean. They're just trying to pour affirmation onto someone. Um, but then, you know, we see all these examples of, of a lot of judgment and criticism that just just cascades out of social media uh, it taps into really dark parts of uh, of the human the human soul um, and it could be really dangerous in that in that respect at least for our mental and spiritual health um, well, I really appreciate uh, having having you guys join uh, the December episode and uh, yeah I think I think this is a good opportunity for us to start thinking more critically uh, and being intentional about how we as a community approach social media. So what now? Well, I want to leave you with some suggestions. They're questions, really, to ask yourself in self-reflection. Questions that hopefully will help you to evaluate how you use social media and whether or not changes are needed. First, ask yourself, why am I using social media? Is it to express creativity? Is it to enjoy creativity? Is it for communication? Is it something that defines my friendships? Or even your, my sense of identity? Is that why I use social media? A second question to ask is, what negative impact is social media having on me? Does it cause stress or anxiety? Does it feed or fuel a sense of pride or a sense of insecurity about who I am? Is it something that I find addictive? Something that I use habitually and time just seems to disappear when I use it? Third, how can I protect myself against this negative effects? Maybe, for example, look at how much you use it. How frequently do you use it? Or what kind of content are you posting? Is it stuff that I know will get a lot of likes? What kind of conversations are happening in the comments? Are they constructive or are they judgmental and critical? Ask yourself, Am I intentional about building strong relationships apart from social media? Or do most of my strong 
relationships, my closest friends, exist mostly on social media. And I think one of the ways that you can protect yourself against the negative effects of social media is not just to do self-reflection, but to invite trusted family and friends to, to see how, how, what their perception is. How do they see your use of social media? How do they think that it's affecting you? Social media is something that we can't get rid of. It has a big impact in our world. And actually, there are a lot of ways in which it can be a, a tool that benefits uh, our lives and the relationships that we have and opportunities we have to be creative and to connect with others. But it's also a tool that can be used for uh, things that really harm us and are negative, detrimental to our soul. And so we need to be intentional. We need to be thoughtful about how we engage with social media. So let's, as a community, be the, be intentional about our use of social media. Thank you for joining us on this 10th episode of Breadcrumbs. See you in 2020 for season two. <laughs>